You're listening to Healthy Living with Eric Sue Podcast, episode number 66. Are you ready for 2016? I will be, and I wanted you to be too. I'm excited to announce my first mastermind coaching program with you in mind. It starts January 11, 2016. So if you're listening to this before this date, you can learn more at www.ericwsue.com forward slash mastermind. Read all the details so you can make an informed decision. The website again is www.ericwsue.com forward slash mastermind. See you in the mastermind. Oh, before I forget, I will be offering a special early bird special price for this mastermind from Monday, December 28th until Wednesday, December 30th. Act fast before this sells out as I only have 10 spots. Are you a first time listener? If you are, then welcome. I hope you enjoy this episode and all the past episodes. For all my longtime listeners, thank you for your continued support. You all can help this podcast by rating and reviewing this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher as it improves our ranking in the podcast world. Now, would it be okay if your friends began living a healthier lifestyle or ate more salads because of this podcast? If yes, then share it with them. Let's keep this movement growing. Now on to the show. It's another excellent day. Welcome to Healthy Living with Eric Sue Podcast. The one podcast that everyone agrees and says has the best fitness, nutrition, and healthy lifestyle advice in the world. And now, your host, Eric Sue. Hey guys, Eric Sue here. Welcome to another episode of Healthy Living with Eric Sue. We have a hardworking and super crafty girl with us today. Her name is Jenny Gomes. We will be talking about canning and ways to live a healthy and self-sustaining life. So without any delay, let me introduce you all to Jenny. Jenny, are you ready to make it happen? I am. So Jenny is a sewing, canning, creating mom of two in rural California. As a mom, she follows her two small children around as they unclean her home, but she never catches up. As an old soul, she attempts to learn from her grandmother or anyone's grandmother for that matter, and the ways they used to cook, clean, and care for our loved ones in our homes. She's also a newbie yoga fit yoga yoga instructor, but she lacks but where she lacks experience, she makes up with enthusiasm. So Jenny, that was just a little bit about who you are. Would you be able to share with our audience a little bit more on how you got started? Uh, yes. Um... Well, uh, as you said, I grew up, um, or as you said, I'm from a rural place in California, and I'm actually really far north um, in one of the three northernmost counties in California. I'm in Siskiyou County, which is um, probably a lot more like Oregon than the rest of what people imagine when they think of California. And I grew up on a cattle ranch, and um, I went to a high school um, that served four small communities, and there were 72 students in my graduating senior class, um, and there's no stoplights in my uh, little mountain valley where I live, where I grew up. And um, that um, sounds very idyllic and, and wonderful, but of course when you're growing up with it, it doesn't always seem um, all that exciting. But when I went to college at Chico State, it became obvious that that was a pretty unusual way to grow up. And I mean, of course, there's lots and lots of wonderful small communities around the United States, um, there's lots of people that don't get the benefit of growing up like that. And um, I worked at Joanne's Fabrics, 
when I was in college, and it became very clear to me that there was an enormous population of people, lots of women that dropped there, that were young, like me, who for whatever reason didn't learn um, from their moms or grandmas or uh, dads or anybody at home lots and lots of things that I knew how to do, and that seemed really peculiar to me. And, um, you know, customers that would come in and say, oh, I could never crochet a hat, or I could never sew on a button or take in a dress or, you know, decorate a cake or any of the things that to me seemed like, well, of course you could, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, because um, uh, I think that the people people nowadays are no smarter or, 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 le- or less intelligent or less capable than our grandmothers were. And so that, I think, was kind of the beginning, uh, me going to college, was, it was the beginning of me realizing there is a large population of people out there who um, don't know how to do lots of kind of old-fashioned things that if you know how to do them, I think a lot of really wonderful things can happen. So then fast forward, I became a teacher, and I moved home to my hometown, actually, which was uh, a wonderful thing in and of itself. But um, I got going teaching, and um, then um, I would say the next phase of this um, professional development would be that when I got pregnant, I um, really became more aware of what I ate, and I bet I'm not alone in that. I bet a lot, a lot of women would probably say that that was true for them as well. And I started thinking about like, what am I going to feed my baby and baby food? And I just started reading a lot more about um, about about health and about eating well and um, some women nest by cleaning or painting a baby's room, and all I wanted to do was can. I canned so much that winter when I was pregnant with my daughter. I, I probably still have jars of applesauce in storage somewhere. I just canned and canned and canned and canned some more, and I had never really canned a whole lot before that, um, just with my mom and grandma a little bit, but it was, you know, I wasn't really into it as a teenager. I wasn't interested very much in that, but... Uh, boy, when I was pregnant, that's all I wanted to do. I wanted to prepare good food for me and my new family that was growing. So that was, I would say, the second phase was really getting into canning. And um, then uh, last year, um, I had a good friend who's been, um, she's always been very tech savvy. Mm. She called me up and said, you know what, I really want to get good at building websites and building blogs. Can I build you a blog? And I said without hesitation, yes. So my dear friend Abby built me a little blog called adomesticwildflower.com, and that is where I have twice weekly shared sewing, canning, crafting, mending, um, and other old-fashioned DIY projects ever since. Twice a week I've been posting, and it has been such a wonderful, creative way for me to share all these things that I grew up learning about that I, I know that there are people out there that don't know anything about. So that's um, I, that's the long story of how I got started. Um, no, it's great. Like it's really good. I, I appreciate that info because, like, um, most people will never know who you are unless they actually went to your website or know of your friends who know you, right, or whatever. And right, um, right. And so that's really good information. Right. Uh, if we can dive in right. a little bit more, Jenny, uh, this is a fun mm-hmm. question. What's one cool or unique fact about yourself? Um, I was a, um, well, I, I mentioned how I grew up really rurally, and I, I'm sure I would fit this small-town girl 
um, stereotype in lots of ways. But when I was in college, I got to participate in an international travel group, and I went abroad twice um, with a student travel group. And if I could buy a home anywhere in the world, another home, I would buy one in Rome because I just totally loved that big city with the awesome old history, and I just, I just loved it. So lots of people think, um, you know, that if I live in the country and choose to live here, that I must not be able to appreciate a big city. But I loved um, visiting Europe, and Rome was my favorite. Excellent. I could kind of see you in that environment. I mean, old history. Thank you. And, you know, <laughs> knowing, what, knowing what you know about how to do things, I think I could definitely see you doing being there and oh, doing, doing well there. I loved it yeah um, so let's dive into this whole topic of caning if we could a little bit more you brought it up and um, for those who have no clue or want to know more a little bit what is it about caning what is it can you help our audience understand sure. and describe it Sure. Um, I'm under the impression that it's referred to as jarring in the Midwest, and uh, I don't I don't know if that's correct or not. Um, mm, but maybe. it's the idea of taking food, um, usually vegetables and fruits, and preserving them in a glass jar with a metal lid. And I'm also under the impression that it was um, it was uh, the means through which armies ended up winning wars, I think it's Napoleon, but don't quote me on that, um, that, that said, okay, if we can figure out how to keep food fresh for longer, then we will, you know, triumph over whomever. And that, I, that is the very beginning, I think, of what canning, canning became. So canning, it doesn't involve cans. It involves glass mason jars, which are really super trendy in home decor now. <laughs> but they're actually super sturdy glass jars that are tempered and can withstand high heat. So the very basic process of canning is you heat hot fruit or vegetables, you cook them into salsa or prepare your jam or whatever you want to put into them, and you put them into the hot sterilized jars, and you put the lid on, and you submerge the jar in boiling water for a specified amount of time so that inside the jar the temperature reaches 212 degrees, and then you can pull the jar out based on the time in your uh, recipe, and then... Um, through the magics of physics, a vacuum seal is created, and the seal of a re the, there's a rubber flange around your little lid, and it sucks down and creates an a airtight seal, and that's canning. That's it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's yeah. I can't tell you the number of people who have said like, "Oh, I could never can. It seems so scary." And mm. it's pretty much you just get food hot, and you put hot food into hot jars, and you put the hot jars into boiling water for a specified amount of time and pull them out. Hmm. And, and so it. just, just you know, someone like myself who's never done it before, um, what's the easiest recipe to try? Oh, okay. So um, lots of people are afraid of, uh, they have lots of safety concerns, which is, which is reasonable and sensible to have. Um, they're afraid of getting sick when they can. And here's, I'll get to the recipe that with, okay. with good reason here. Um, <laughs> so... It's safe to store food in jars at room temperature after they've been canned because of there's a couple things that happen, but one thing is acid. So when you can, um, the recipes that you're going to follow in any good canning book um, and any recipe that I might answer your question with, like strawberry jam, that's probably what I would say if you wanted to can. The very first thing you wanted to can, I'd say strawberry jam because strawberries are very high in acid 
And there is no way that you're going to screw up or make yourself sick. The worst thing that could happen with making strawberry jam is that it turned out too thin and you had strawberry syrup. Mm. And I pick strawberry jam or I could pick um, like lemon syrup or um, applesauce or lots of other fruit things because fruit is naturally high in acid and you know, there's, there's no way that a person could make themselves unwell um, mm-hmm. and eat something accidentally that tasted good but actually, actually was, you know, riddled with botulism or something. <laughs> Very good. And, and so, so, so the long answer, or the short yeah. answer to that would be strawberry jam because it's high in acid. You're not going to make a mistake or end up sick. And the worst thing that had happened is that it would be thin and you would have strawberry syrup. Hmm. Now, now um, what... Or how long is canning or jarring, if you will? How long does it take? And I'm assuming it takes depends on the recipe or something. The quantity. Or, or quantity. Um, well, yeah, it depends on the quantity that you are working with. But if you made a batch of strawberry jam and you were going to end up with like four measuring cups full of jam, if that was your yield, that would take you like probably two hours, mm. maybe. Okay. You can process it in probably 10 minutes in small jars. Processing means in the boiling water. So after you get your strawberries home, you wash them, you chop them up, put them in a pan with some sugar, and just cook the jam, and then putting it into the hot jars, I bet you'd be done in two hours. Hmm. Okay, excellent. Which does seem kind of like a daunting kitchen task to lots of people, the time commitment, but mm. I think of it like mm. cooking in advance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I spend a lot of time canning tomatoes, because my family eats a lot of tomato sauce, whether it's in Mexican dishes or as pasta sauce on top of pasta. Um, so I can two or 300 pounds of tomatoes a season, which sounds like an enormous amount, but it, it, tomatoes are pretty heavy. They're full of water, so don't be too impressed. But I try and can as much tomato sauce as I can because it is like cooking in advance. The rest of the year, I can open a jar of tomato sauce, and that part of dinner is completely done. I'm done cooking mm. that part. Interesting. So it's a it's a time investment, and I feel like the the rewards are are well worth it. Right, right, right. Because I was going to say, um, in terms of yield and all that stuff, um, what what how mm. long would a uh, a pound of strawberries? How much would that produce? Is mm. it a pound of? Is that one jar, two jars, or six ounce jars? Um, well, it depends on the water content of the food in question, and then it also depends on. What else you're adding to it? Like, um, but like salsa is a pretty watery, wet thing, and tomatoes are pretty watery and wet. So um, I'm trying to think. I have what? I'll look at a recipe that I have real quick um, to answer that a little bit better. But it probably like most recipes call for at the least two pounds of fruit. So if you went to, which I would encourage anyone to do, if you went to like a um, like a you pick berry patch mm-hmm. or a um, Farmer's Market, I know Farmer's Market's like, that's the trendiest thing I could say right now, but, you know, if you went to wherever and picked um, and picked fruit with the intention of canning it, you would pick out your recipe beforehand, mm. and I would say most recipes are in the two to four pound range for jams and then wet things like tomatoes and salsa. Usually, if you're going to bother to make those recipes, they're like five to 12 pounds wow. for okay. those recipes. All right. And like the tomato sauce recipe um, I always use is 12 pounds of Roma tomatoes. All right. I excellent. Know excellent. And, and obviously yeah. the, you would be a great resource and, and there are other resources out there too. Could, would you, would you agree? 
Oh, yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> I, um, my website, adomesticwildflower.com, I have um, a category for canning and preserving, and I've shared um, several recipes that, um, that I've used for first years, some of which that were my grandmother's recipes. Um, and I have, um, I list um, the USDA site. Um, it's the National Center for Home Pro- Food Preservation um, that's the nchfp.uga.edu, and that is just um, you could just Google National Center for Home Food Preservation. But that is like the be-all and end-all, best information, completely for free. You don't have to go buy a canning book. You could just download one of their PDFs, and they have let's see, I'm looking at them right now, seven of them mm-hmm. about home canning, and they have lots of recipes that are guaranteed to be safe. And um, you could just um, visit my website, or um, if you feel like, you know, go into the biggest, best resource there is, mm-hmm. you could check out the National Center for Home Food Preservation and um, learn a little bit more about it. Very I'm good. working on an ebook right now that's called um, Canning 101, Everything You Need to Get Started Canning, um, because I feel like people think it's like this huge, big, terrible task, and right. it's, it's really not. Right. You do need a couple pots. And um, this thing called a jar lifter that's handy for getting the hot jars out of the water. Um, and I try um, in this ebook that will be ready very soon to uh, demystify the whole process and to explain you only need a couple pans, a couple pots, and a couple hours. And once you do it a couple times, it's kind of like, oh, cool. What else am I going to try next? Mm-hmm. You know, you get you get kind of really into it. It's fun. Yeah. You know, the the actual um, cooking time is the longest part of this whole process would you say and then the, the prep is, is uh yeah the 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 pr- it's called processing the processing time can be kind of a long time so um so while like if you were to chop up like making strawberry jam that would be pretty quick like you could have a whole pot of jam four pounds of strawberries worked up and the jam part ready to spread on toast in 30 or 40 minutes, um, but the part, the fact that you have to put it into hot jars and put the hot jars under water and bring that water back up to boiling and wait for it to boil for probably 10 or 15 minutes, that does take a little extra time. Um, but conversely, it depends on the recipe you choose. You know, if you're going to make salsa, that has lots of ingredients like mm. peppers and onions and tomatoes, and um, then you're chopping up lots of things, and then sometimes the chopping part takes the longest. Mm. And because tomatoes are fairly high in acid you don't have to process them for too long but sometimes you kind of just make an afternoon of it i bet i bet i'm not the only person who remembers like their their home kitchen being steamed up all afternoon long or all day long because it if you bother to dirty that many dishes or you bother to get that many tomatoes at market or whatever then you kind of just make a morning an afternoon of it Mm -hmm. but there's actually a movement in the canning world to veer towards um, small batch canning, and I actually really love this blog called foodinjars.com, um, and it's a gal on the East Coast who cans, you know, a pound of produce or two or three pounds of strawberries at a time in her little East Coast apartment. Mm. So it's not, you don't have to make it a big project, but sometimes, you know, sometimes you feel like, oh, well, I might as well since I have all this water mm. boiling anyway. But I was going to say, though, is um, the quantity uh, relative to the amount of time, because like the that one girl in the East Coast, she spent saving time or is she just making smaller quantities? 
She's making smaller quantities, so she's she's adjusting. Like if you were to get an older canning book, most of the quantities, the yield, is greater. Um, you know, because women had husbands to feed and had lots of children, and it would make more sense um, in that era, I suppose. But now, if you're just a girl in college and you just want to make some jam for yourself and maybe a couple jars to give away at Christmas, you don't need to can up, you know, eight pounds of plums. You <laughs> you probably needed a recipe for a pound of plums. And that's kind of her, that particular blog's um, focus is more on small batch, which is easier to store easier for a person who doesn't have a ton of people to feed. Um, it's kind of more sensible for that era. And um, I kind of like both. I like, like I made a tiny batch of Meyer lemon syrup um, last year, and it's not like I need lemon syrup all year long. I just need it a couple times a year, and that was really fun, and I was done in an hour, and, you know, it, that was really great. At other times, like when I'm canning tomato sauce, it's like a three- or four-day thing. Mm-hmm. So, so, away at. Yeah. so actually, uh, the, the the duration of of these canning um, jo- uh, jams or uh, salsa, whatever you're making, that can last mm-hmm. pretty long for someone, huh? Um. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of it, it just depends on the recipe you choose and the quantity you're um, working up. Um, lots of times people want, if you start telling people that you're into canning or you want to learn more about canning, you'll, I bet, <laughs> quickly quickly find that there are other people out there who, who are interested in it too and or will put you in touch with people who, hey, I have 25 pounds of tomatoes to give away for free or I have persimmons that are ripening, you know, faster than I can eat them or I have, you know, all, this, all these green beans I would need to get rid of. And it's, I've, I've found that, the more I tell people that I can, the more free produce I seem to come into. Yeah. And I think um, once you get into it, you kind of find that it's not addicting, but it's really fun. And it's a really uh, satisfying feeling to think, like, look at all this food that I just created. And I don't have to have it in a refrigerator. Or I can store it underneath a bed if I have to. And it's like, yeah, like I said, you've cooked in advance. And you've made good use of really good, healthy food that, you know, lots of times is at a really great price. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, now, when you uh, open these cans up after making them, you can still mm-hmm. keep them in room temperature, or do you have to put them in the fridge? Yeah. So mm-hmm. when you can, um, because you have killed all the spoilers inside the jar, so you've killed mold, yeast, and bacteria, and because the acid level is at a number that is lower, like a small number means high acid, it's at a number lower than 4.6, um, that means that inside the jar, uh, nothing, no, no spoilers can can live. Mm. Um, so I actually wrote a post about acid and canning on my blog, and I just took the really long and hard to read list from the USDA of pH values of foods, and I just made it into a pretty chart. So it has like high acid foods on one chart or on one section, and then the low acid foods on the other. And when you can it you are just ensuring that there's no oxygen inside and the acid level is nice and high and you've killed it, killed all the germs that might be inside by bringing it up to that temperature, by boiling it for a certain number of minutes. And so you can store it just out of direct light at room temperature. Um, I'm sure that the uh, canning book will tell you one year. Um, if you have, if it's a little, if the acid level of the jar in, 
in question is closer to that 4.6 number, then maybe the directions will tell you to eat it up within six months. Mm. Um, but, I mean, I, I'd be lying if I said I hadn't eaten applesauce that was three years old, because I absolutely have. Oh. <laughs> so it keeps a really long time. Um, did you answer the question whether or not once you've um, opened up the jar after making it, then... Oh, then it's, it's stored in the refrigerator. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's kind of like the things you buy in the grocery store, they're stored at te- room temperature, lots of things, like yeah. cans of tomatoes yeah, or okay. cans of whatever. Just want to make sure. They've yeah. gone through some sort of commercial canning yeah. process. And then once it's opened up, yeah. it belongs in the fridge. So Sorry. you've eaten something that you made three years ago. Yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> and and I'm, the like, official okay. recommendation is a year, yeah. but I'm not very afraid of. Okay. No. If All you right. make it yourself, I think a lot of the fear of is this going to be good it goes out the window because you know you did it right. Yeah. I yeah. guess. Awesome. Cool. I know we could probably talk about caning and there's a lot more to actually understand. Um, but there's a little bit more about who you are, which is, you know, you, you, you're very crafty. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah. It, it seems like you, you, you know, sewing and, you know, all these other, uh, at home projects and, and everything. So, um, what can you tell us about that side of you a little bit? Um, yeah. Um, my mom, is a really uh, skilled sewist, I'd say. She, I don't think, ever made money sewing, so I wouldn't call her a seamstress, but she is a really skilled sewer. And so I grew up just being around people that sewed, and um, she always sewed our clothes, our dresses for church. Um, so it just was one of those life skills that I gravitated towards. And um, I made a quilt for my senior project in high school, and that was the first, you know, my mom didn't quilt, but I, that was the first one I made, and it, would, it was really, really fun, and in lots of ways easier than sewing clothing, and um, I've just, that's been a lifelong interest for me, and um, I found also when I worked at Joanne's Fabrics, there were so many people that were certainly capable and certainly able who felt like they were not. <laughs> I, yeah. And that's one thing I really try to convey in my blog, that I don't do any any sewing that's really all that difficult. It's just a matter of, of just either self-educating or finding a mentor or a class or a great book and, um, and learning just how to do some few simple things. Excellent. And another part of that is that growing up and living very rurally, um, taking some 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 item of clothing to be tailored or to be hemmed or to be fixed wasn't all that practical and I didn't grow up having a lot of money so just buying new stuff you know just because it was not quite the right size or shape you know wasn't always an option either so I I find sewing to be both a creative outlet and um, a matter of practicality now would you say for a lot of my audience who may not have a lot of time it takes a lot of time and be honest I guess Sewing does take time, mm-hmm. right? Um, yes, but you know what I I think uh, I think I think it's sometimes the the hang up is um the the tools that you need. Mm. Like if you don't have a sewing machine that's in good working order, well then it's going to be a real bear to sew something. <laughs> <laughs> but if you if you have a sewing machine that works every time you turn it on and it hasn't been sitting in someone's garage for thirty years, well then. It, it can be really quick. I sew very frequently, mm-hmm. uh, but not for very much time at a time because I have two small kids. Yeah. Um, I might make a pair of, like, baby pants as a gift in 30 minutes, and then that's it. That's all the sewing mm-hmm. for the day. Or I might 
fix my husband's work shirt, and then that's it. That's all the sewing I get to do for that day. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's a matter of just having a little place. I know our lives are very full, and our homes are often very full, but if you have a place where you have a sewing machine that's ready to be plugged in and ready to roll, um, sewing itself doesn't take all that much time. Mm, interesting. Cool. And the then preparation real quick here, and the tool. Like, yeah, absolutely. I, I think uh, I, I think encouraging people to be uh, handy, if you will, like that. That's always a, a good a good way to be uh, self-sustaining. And you know, this, uh, speaking of you know uh, of your other activities, this yoga thing, real quick here. Um, sure. You started doing that, and um, maybe you can share a little bit about why. Yeah, um, I guess I've explained how how I'm, uh, you know, productive and industrious and doing all these things. And that, uh, pretty obviously in hindsight, created a lot of, um, I guess, stress. And I was really busy. And um, after I had my second baby, I was stressed to the max. I mean, like, clenching my teeth in my sleep, not getting any sleep, really, really just feeling overwhelmed, um, and I'm sure lots of moms out there could, could relate, and the baby wouldn't sleep at night, and, you know, I was just was really stressed out, and I saw this yoga fit training online one day when I was nursing the baby, and I had always, um, I had read about yoga fit when I was in college, but the trainings were never very close by, so I had never had pursued it, and I'd only practiced yoga very casually, you know, with girlfriends here and there, or, every, you know, every once in a while, but never as a passion, but I knew I needed something, and I saw this training online, and it actually was being held um, just an hour from my home, which was remarkable, to say the least. Usually they're in Portland or San Francisco, but nothing in between. So this was really close by. And even though I had a small baby and my husband had a trip planned that same weekend, I, I found a babysitter, and I committed to this two-day training, and I that's been over a year ago. And it was such a wonderful decision because – there's not a lot of um, yoga offered where I live, mm. and by being certified to teach it, it not only propelled my own personal practice and helped me sleep better at night and helped me lose the baby weight and helped me cool it a little bit. It also gave me a way to get paid to do it. So mm-hmm. I you know, make a little mo- money teaching yoga in my little town a couple days a week, and um, it's awesome. Awesome. I love that. Um, getting in shape and getting paid for it. Love it. <laughs> Very good. Well, yeah, right. Yes. <laughs> um, I, I don't mean to say that I'm, you know, making a ton of money doing it, but um, and yeah, I, I have a, a just a couple. Sometimes I only have two or three gals that show up, and I don't care at all. Yeah. I, it's really fun for me to share something that is relaxing yeah. and non-competitive, and um, I, it's just an awesome Excellent. break from the rest of my life. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like. It's the counter. It's the counterbalance to all this, go go go, and productivity, Absolutely. and making stuff, and canning, and awesome. it's it's really super important. So <laughs> it's very good. I, um, we touched on a lot of things that you're involved with, and canning specifically. So I'm really glad that we had a chance to do this. How do people get a hold of you? And if you have any last piece of advice for our audience. Um. You can find me at adomesticwildflower.com, and my email address is adomesticwildflower at gmail.com. And um, my last little bit of advice, if I could be even qualified to give advice, would be to find something that you are interested in learning about and learning it, whether it be yoga or crocheting or 
painting or sculpting or something. You know, we have the new year right around the corner in this perfect um, environment that will encourage you to learn something new for your personal growth or for, for your relaxation or to find some balance in your life. And I favor those activities that give a person more control or authorship over their life. So if you were able to make you know, the next baby gift that you give to a friend or if you are able to make your own pasta sauce, I feel like the, the benefits go beyond just that, that product itself. And um, I wish everyone a happy holiday and a happy new year. Excellent. Thank you, Jenny, so much for your knowledge about canning and everything else. It's really great. Uh, I don't know, maybe more people should be thinking like you in terms of preservation and canning and all that good stuff. So I really appreciate your information, knowledge, and uh, sharing that with us. Thank you so much, Jenny. Thank you so much. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us today on Healthy Living with Eric Sue. Head over to Eric W. Sue for full recaps of every show and Eric's health and wellness blog. Your healthy living life is waiting for you, so stay active and be safe.